Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Hooked on Sports. This is episode number 252 of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn. Thank you so very much for listening to this podcast once again. And look, when I say we have an incredible podcast episode for you lined up today, I mean we have an absolutely incredible podcast episode lined up for you today. My guy, Dan Lynch, is going to join us later in the podcast to discuss everything college football related. I know we already had week zero uh, under the belt, which kind of isn't, but game's still kind of the standings. Games are still handicapped uh, on their behalf, so what am I supposed to do about, about the labeling of the weeks? But... In any event, week one of the NFL of the college football season commences tonight. We have some excellent games on on, on the program tonight. With that, every, every mostly everybody starts starts up on Saturday. Then we have some games on. Uh, then we have some action on Sunday night and Monday night. So Dan, Dan's going to tell you all about the the power structure of the Big Ten this year, uh, the last year of Big of the Big Ten as we know it before. Uh, before the, the the conference expands to 18, and where we include USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon, uh, in in the conversation, and and how that's going to fundamentally change the uh, the, the Pac-12, or the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and and, and all, all of those type of deals. Um, so we're 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 going to be obsessing with Caleb Williams. Uh, I we 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 each have different takes on what the game of the week is. In, in college football, I, 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 I'm when, when you hear or when you hear the interview later, I give you who I, what what game I think is the game looking forward to the most in, in terms of a in terms of a conversation builder on uh, for the upcoming season. And, and I'm also going to 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 uh, to spread the love for our alma mater, Kings College, because because uh, because they they start up their football season on Saturday. As well, and I had no idea where, so that how big how how big big of an effing deal the the NIL stuff is for Division Three. So yeah, he'll get into that. So I, I'm I'm really excited for you guys to hear uh, to, to hear Dan, Dan speak uh, speak truth about that. So so de- definitely st- stick around. But in, in the meantime, I, I'm gonna sprinkle in three takes be- uh, before I. As but but before we 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 get into this, so I, I want to give you an, uh, an NFL take. But so uh, of course I I will be officially pr- predicting the 2023 NFL football season uh, n- next week. The, the last week before the start of the, uh, the NFL season, of course. As I have my week one preview episode on Wednesday next week, so so we we I'm gonna mark the tape on everything, uh with with. The NFL season, then so so I'm I'm going to save the the football or the NFL um, stuff for then. But so uh, I think the biggest news of the NFL uh, over over the past week has been that the San Francisco 49ers traded former first round pick Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys. So for a fourth round selection, and it, it signals the end of an era. For uh, for Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers and 
So when when I when I did my um uh, my my mock draft in the 2021 uh, draft, I I put Mac Jones ahead of uh, of Trey Lance in the conversation. Heck, Justin Fields what was ahead of Trey Lance in the conversation. Even Zach Wilson was ahead of Trey Lance on my draft board. And the San Francisco 49ers decided to take the fifth best quarter uh, th- the fifth best player at his position with the third overall pick in the NFL draft. And 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 for for a franchise that's been quarterback starved for 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 the better part of a half a decade now, which has maybe been the the main weakness and 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 the and the falling point of the John Lynch Kyle Shanahan era in San Francisco has been the quarterback position. They said they they, they traded with the Patriots for Jimmy Garoppolo. Said that Jimmy Garoppolo was was a great game manager and not not the playmaker that was that was needed for them to get past Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo get get gets hurt in 2020. That that was a lost cause. That was a disaster. The 49ers uh, re- respond by by trading three uh, by trading multiple first round picks to move up nine spots to select Trey Lance, which is which was crazy. When you think about it, it feels like the four. It was it felt like the 49ers were trying to overcompensate for not signing Tom Brady. The they see that the Tom Brady leads the Bucks to a Super Bowl, and and here is San Francisco without a quarterback. Uh, Kyle Shanahan wasn't fond of so, uh, of Jimmy Garoppolo as as the playmaker. The difference making quarterback uh, needed needed for uh, to to go on to run to a championship. And, and and so so then Trey Lance, who who only played one, only played one game in. In college, because of, of COVID, uh, that that was not a, a cer- certainly a something in mind when when you th- when you think about that. But but it's something that John Lynch said, said that he's gonna have to live with as long as he lives as, as a general manager. W- w- one of the dumbest, most short-sighted um, um, a- a tra- decisions that a general manager has ever made on 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 a on a, on, a, on draft uh, draft night or leading up to the draft. Um, n- none of that ma- made no sense, and and and, the, and of course Trey Lance uh, tore up his knee uh, in week two last year, a, a week before after struggling big time against what what turned out to be the worst defense in the NFL in Chicago. He gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo plays for for most of the season. He gets hurt. Brock Purdy comes in and and, and dom- dominates his way to the post uh, to the playoffs. Yeah, he 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 get gets them past Dallas for the divisional round, but then he then he he um then he, his arm was broken in the in on Championship Sunday in the NFC Championship game loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, and and now Brock Purdy is back under center to rock and roll, and Sam Darnold, uh who who uh, who, who turned out to be a bust with the Jets. Beat him out for the backup quarterback spot, and 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 then Trey Lance what winds up getting getting traded to Dallas for a fourth round pick. So, so 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 that that was a pretty wild sequence for San Francisco, and 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 you know the conversation in San Francisco would have been a lot different if they let Tom Brady go back to to play the team he grew up rooting for. That you you know, being there for for the for the famous catch game of the Joe Montana to Dwight Clark catch in in the '81 NFC Championship game against Dallas, um, 
and uh, and the the entire uh, landscape would would have been different. To have had uh, had the 49ers go all in on Tom Brady instead of uh, sticking uh, uh, sticking with his backup in New England for for three and a half years, Jimmy Garoppolo. So that that was certainly a, an unbelievable wild uh, turn of events for San Francisco. And look. A fourth-round pick is not a first-round pick by any stretch of the imagination. Trey Lance was the third overall pick. And getting a fourth-round pick for, for, for Trey Lance, given the circumstances, I feel like is a major win for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, it's probably going to be a late fourth-round pick because I have high hopes with the Dallas Cowboys this year. But a fourth-round pick... That can, can can turn into a a a big time big deal playmaker and someone who can make a difference for a championship winning ball club. So 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 that, that that's how big a deal it is that the 49ers were somehow able to get a fourth round pick back in return for uh, uh for uh, for the ser- the services of Trey Lance. Now on to the Cowboys and look. The D- D- Dallas needed uh, some some sort of uh, some sort of uh, uh, some some sort of succession line behind behind Dak Prescott because Cooper Rush isn't walking through that uh, walking in that door in, in Dallas in, in Dallas so this upcoming season that they they needed some sort of a backup quarterback and 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 the, and the crazy thing is Will Greer who who, who I who I thought who I, who I thought the world of. Yeah, at West Virginia, um, and so was was wound up being being a backup for for Dak Prescott this this season. And actually, it's it I should say shouldn't say Cooper Russia. I said Will Greer when talking about the uh, who was walking through that door, and and so the, so the Cowboys let Cooper Rush play. Uh, in, in their preseason game on Friday, and, and he he was incredible. One of the greatest preseason performances a quarterback has ever had. Um, so he he uh, he uh, he beat the opposition in a, in a lot of different ways. Uh, with, through the air on the ground, he had four four total touchdowns. Yeah, he was in firm control of the game from start to finish. Yeah, he 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 looked the part of 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 a of a NFL quarterback. Yeah, he he gets released and now is on is on the practice squad for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, so he, Will Greer is going to be Joe Burrow's backup. That that feels like a monster uh, win for Cincinnati. Um, if 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 anything goes even further with Joe Burrow, and by the way, Joe Burrow uh, showed up back at practice this week. I think that that's a really big deal. I I, I still I still think uh, that. So this uh, still uh, we need need to see what what he does uh, in the first game following an unusual off season. I think, and I'll explain why. Well, when when uh, in my pick segment next week when the Bengals take on the Browns, but some uh, uh, but. Uh, if San Francisco chose uh, Mac Jones, I mean, I beg San Francisco to draft Mac Jones over Trey Lance. If San Francisco drafted Mac Jones and and, and he play, and he played the part of uh, 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 of being a quarterback who, who can make a big throw here and there and doesn't turn the ball over, which so which which he, which he did so well at Alabama for uh, for Bill O'Brien, we would not be having this conversation. We, we'd be talking about San Francisco. As the as the as the favorite to win the Super Bowl uh, in the NFL this upcoming season, but 
So, but Mac Jones with the Patriots. Mac Jones led the Patriots to the playoffs in uh, in, in his first year as as a as a quarterback in his rookie season. That last year what was wasn't wasn't as great, but but now you have Bill O'Brien taking over the offense. I think that's going to be great for 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 um. For for um for him as well, we'll see how that translates into the wins and losses. But so by Trey Lance, no longer a San Francisco 49er, and and at the time and it could not have come any sooner. So so I can't wait to officially um, unveil my 2023 NFL predictions next week. I also uh, can't wait. For uh, for uh, for the Braves and the Dodgers starting tonight. In, in Los Angeles, the Braves and the Dodgers, in, in my view, are the two best teams in baseball. The, the, the Braves have everything going on in, ter- in terms of the offense. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olsen, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Sean Murphy. The, the, they, all, those, all those cats have been unbelievable uh, throughout the course of the season. And I, and I, and I knew at, at some point. Oh, uh, and, and e- even when the Rays went on that incredible streak to start the season, when the even when the Rays started thirteen and zero, I said the Braves were the best team in baseball, and and and, sh- and sure enough, we 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 look we look here, and uh, and uh, the Atlanta Braves um oh are going down as one of the uh, go down as one of the greatest teams in the in the history. Of, of of the game uh that they they have a 123 OPS plus as a team they uh, uh, have the chance to be one of the greatest teams in the history of uh, um uh, on that front in terms uh, in terms of the offensive output and that then you then you have the uh you have such unbelievable pitching uh, all that you have, we look at Bryce Elder, Char- Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider. Getting Max Freed back from from the injured list uh, feels like a, a feels like a, a gigantic deal there. The bullpen is uh, as has been uh, uh, has been uh, solid at times as well. So the the Atlanta Braves uh, definitely have it going on, and and they they've been uh, one of the stories uh, in in Major League Baseball. That the season and any any year where at where we thought the Padres were finally going to get over the hump uh, in terms of the National League rest in the in the regular season, here are the Dodgers flexing their their, their might once again and and everything starts with with their two MVP candidates Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and if if you've been following along with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman throughout their careers uh, you 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 know that I've been obsessed with with those cats uh for uh, for the better part of a decade now Mookie Betts is is in his age 30 season Freddie Freeman at age 33 that that they have, uh, both both of them are playing as well as they have ever played in their major league careers, and Mookie Betts has just been unbelievable in the month of August. But batting, uh, batting over 400, um, with 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 an OPS north of a thousand, which is, uh, which you you think Mookie Betts is the unbelievable player that that he is, and Mookie Betts. Uh, for, for for meanwhile has played shortstop and second base, uh, so so that Dave Roberts can get his bat into the lineup. But I'm telling you, n- nobody has played better baseball in the second half uh, d- um, 
in the major leagues than the LA Dodgers. They are playing at such a high level, so they throw down the gauntlet every night. They kick ass, they take names, and I'm and I'm all sorts of fired up for for the for these matchups or throughout the course. Uh, throughout the course of of the of the upcoming schedule here, you look at Julio Arias, Clayton Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw. Um, it, it, uh, it turned back the clock this year this year at the age of 35, and 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 it feels like Clayton Kershaw's name in the conversation ha- has taken a dip. Yeah, here because of the emergence of guys like Spencer Strider and all that, but Clayton Kershaw is is a dude's dude, and 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 he has everything going on. I mean, say he's going down as one one of the great pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball, and and I'm and I'm so incredible. Uh, incredibly honored for that because if, if to, to, to see to, to see him with with greatness on a on a night in night out basis so so both of these teams are, are going to be incredible uh it, it's going to be must must see tv um uh, unfortunately it's not uh, i know the sunday game is not going to be um there's something going on here because, you know, they picked the Yankees and the Astros. And before that Sunday night game, I, I wish they would have picked Braves Dodgers because that was what everyone thought was going to be the NLCS matchup before the season. But so but 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 these matchups are, are, are incredible. You got Spencer Strider against Lance Lynn tonight. Max Fried and Julio Arias going tomorrow night. Bryce Elder against the started against to be announced on Saturday, and then Sunday it's going to be Bobby Miller and Charlie Morton. So so it uh, it's it's going to be uh, incredible pitching matchups. Lance Lynn has been unbelievable for the Dodgers since getting traded by by the White Sox. That 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 was an easy first guess that he was going to to, to succeed away from Chicago from the South Side of Chicago and aside for the the toxic environment that. Uh, so that that's been created there, but by Rick Gon and and Jerry Reinsdorf and all of that. So 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 the, this is going to be uh, incredible here. And if, if the Dodgers take three out of four from the series, well, we 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 have ourselves a conversation about well, who is going to be the number one seed of the National League? Because if that's the case, the Dodgers will have won five out of seven from the Braves that this this season. They won two out of three from the Braves. At Truist Park in uh in late May, so the Dodgers would have the tiebreaker at the end of the regular season. So so, so these games are a gigantic deal, and 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 these these teams all all they're playing at a high level. You can argue the four, um that the four best players in in baseball, aside from Shohei Otani, are are going to be featured in this series every day with Acuna, with Olsen, with. With Betts and Freeman, I'm all sorts of fired up about this, and and, and you you should too, as a sports fan, as a fan of Major League Baseball, and 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 the Dodgers have uh, have it going on, and and it's it's going to be unbelievable uh, seeing that, and, and if the Dodgers can uh, somehow uh, nab the one C from the Atlanta Braves, I mean you you've got to be th- uh, th- uh, through the roof, and and it's going to be vindication. 
of, of, of their prospect development program. Now, I, I am concerned about the injuries. I, I, the, the, I still think the Braves are, are, the, are the best team in the National League. I think the Dodgers, so they, they, they've been imposing the driveline um, um, pitching school a little bit too much. So that's a hence of why Walker Buehler uh, is not is not going out to that mound this uh, this uh, this postseason, so, uh, so I think that that's a thing to be cognizant of when it, when it comes to the Dodgers uh, the, 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 this this um, this season. So big big series coming up between the Braves and the Dodgers starting this weekend in in Los Angeles, and it's it's going to be incredible stuff. Now, n n but now it's on to the Angels and. <laughs> It is the when I when I saw the tweet from Jeff Passan about about who the Angels placed on on on, on waivers on on Tuesday, I, I thought it was a a headline from Babylon B, uh, or or for or the Onion, but 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 this is actually real real life that the Angels have placed uh, Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore. Reynaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, R Randall Gritchick, and the Dominic Leone on waivers. So, oh, so, so, so teams that that ha that have needs uh, at at those uh, at those positions could, could easily benefit of, of from this. So a team like Cincinnati, a team like the Giants, uh, could, could use uh, uh, could use guys like this. So, but, but really, this is the admission that the Los Angeles Angels plan to go for it at the deadline in an attempt to to persuade Shohei Otani to stay um, in Los Angeles uh, and in Anaheim after the season when when he becomes a free agent. That 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 would that the, there has never been a strategy that backfired so spectacularly, so quickly. That, that, than that of the Angels' strategy this summer, um, adding at the deadline. And for the Angels, uh, Jeff Passan says this is just pure salary dump. Um, as in that they're only going to get salary relief. Um, that, that, that's all they're going to get because of the rules that there are no more, there, there are no more trades in August for, 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 uh, for, uh, for 40-man roster people. So, so, so the Angels as have melded in. It, it, it's over for for Shohei Otani Anaheim. That the, the, there, there's no looking back. He, 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 he's he's gone from LA. Uh, he's gone from uh, he's gone from Anaheim, and, and and it is really a sick, pathetic, grotesque disgrace that the Angels have waste not only wasted Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. The, the Angels have not won a play, uh, not been to the playoffs. Period with Shohei Otani, and they had never won a playoff game with with, with Mike Trout on the field, uh, and with and with Mike Trout uh, get, get getting paid millions of dollars annually by the Angels, uh, and 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 then, then you look at, at ways that the Angels uh, keep kicking themselves in the groin. All all these blown leads. All of the uh, the injuries can't stay healthy. Trout actually went back on the injured list uh, on on Friday, uh, a, a couple of days after. Yeah, he he came back, and the, the same issue uh, uh, cleared up for him. So so I feel bad for Trout and Otani, but 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 really, this is this is going to be uh, this is going to be the thing 
that Artie Moreno is, is going to be uh is is going to be the owner that 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 lets Shohei Otani walk because um, or because maybe Shohei Otani g- gives Artie Moreno the middle finger on the way out and goes sign with the Dodgers. I mean that th- that is the single gr- greatest fear that Artie Moreno has is that Shohei Otani might go to the Dodgers. So make making the Angels even more relevant in the city of Angels. So what a complete and utter waste of uh, uh, of energy, and and also they don't have the prospects too. They they gave up they gave up legitimate prospects for guys like Giolito and and Dominic Leone. And and I, and I said at the time the Dominic Leone trade made uh, what was was a coup for the Mets and a terrible trade for the Angels. It, I mean, if you are an Angels fan, and and, and I know a, a couple of Angels fans out there, but 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 the, the, this this is your worst nightmare. The Angels are a punchline. It's it, it's it's like it's, it's like letting the White Sox uh uh talk about uh, talk about their their management changes, and then then they go hire somebody who. Was part of, of 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 the of the uh, of the sequence of events that led to the uh, to the process and uh, to the management change to begin with. So, it, it, so it's like it's like the White Sox are the biggest disgrace in in, in baseball. And, and Arnie Moreno says, "Hold my beer." What a complete, complete and utter joke. And. And, and and this is full of franchise type of material if 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 you're a fan of the Angels and and crazy that that the that the Angels and the Mets you know but the the Angels both of these teams were, were in similar predicaments at, at the trade deadline so um, but 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 the but the, but the Angels added for it the, the Mets sold that they got a couple of top 100 prospects in. Luis Angel Acuna and Drew Gilbert in the Scherzer and Verlander trades, and the Angels trade, and it backfired immensely on them. So, this, so, so, you, so this is where you stick it where the sun don't shine with, 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 with the, with the, with the Angels. So, so the Angels are going to are going to be in hell because they will have a, a grip or feel. Uh, uh, about developing prospects because that that that's basically going to be the Angels' only way back to relevancy is is completely overhaul the farm system and and, and start from scratch uh, on that front. So, so what what a, a wild sequence and, and and the Angels admitted it. I was not even a month after the trade deadline, which is unbelievable. So, bag it, Angels. Bag it, losers. So you 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 know I've been waiting for 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 day for certain days of the calendar and certain days of the um the of 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 the of the calendar in terms of the rights from the end of summer to the beginning of fall and I, I'm so amped up for the college football season and I I think it's going to be a season unlike anything we've seen. In, in terms of the excitement and the buzz in the NFL, uh, in, in, not in the NFL, excuse me, in college football. 
So I, I so here here today to to break down everything uh, with with college football this season. And I, I've been waiting for him to come on uh, this podcast for the last four years. But I decided to make it happen today because I think this is too good of an opportunity to pass up. So here here is the the, the producer of Big Ten today on Sirius XM channel 372. I'm so excited to bring bring in my guy Dan Lynch to the program. Dan Lynch, how are you doing today? Johnny Flynn. Uh, a pleasure and honor hooked on sports. I love the new revamped name. You know, I, I knew John when I was a senior at King's College and John was a little freshman walking into the radio station. And, you know, John, John, you make a presence everywhere you go, brother. You just naturally have that and you need that in broadcasting. I knew you're going to be a star from the second I saw you uh, at at, uh, I believe they changed the name of it. It was next to Connerton's at beautiful Kings College. Um, But uh, you walked in and, and I'm so happy to still have a relationship with you, man. You're a lifelong friend. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast, man. Yeah, and and not, and we were. I remember uh, that that it was actually the second day of classes at, yeah. at King at King said that that I first uh, first met you uh, first met you, because uh, I remember the the, the first day um uh, of of classes I had my first meeting with the Crown, which in, which for those who don't know was the school newspaper. So wow. so so that was day one. I was there the whole time. I was with the radio the whole time. I was there, and I I could not I, I get get enough of my time there and and the memories we made there. So John, but, I actually I brought a little surprise. Are you ready for it? Oh, get me, bring it on. Boom, baby! King's <laughs> College in the building. <laughs> I wear this hat every day. Every if I travel, right? No. If I travel, uh, and that's you know, well, listen, we got we got some other issues going on at Sirius XM budget wise, but so it's gonna be cut a little bit this year. But uh, when I travel anywhere I go, I rock the King's College cat hat. Obviously, it's in yellow. People could see my six three big ass walking through <laughs> anywhere. So, uh, yeah, I'm always rocking the King's College hat, no matter what campus I'm on, no who, no matter who I'm covering. I wore it at the Cowboys camp this year. I did a couple things for NFL Radio. Obviously, rocking the King's College hat anywhere I go, monarch for life. And uh, I mean, even just some what's not college football news, man. The biggest news on my listen, I got the Big Ten, I got the Pac 12, I got the SEC. The biggest college football news to me is we're starting with the Mayor's Cup week one. Listen, I'm an excited guy, no matter what, John. Like, like you could tell me, hey, hey, we got uh popcorn for dinner, I'll, I'll be excited for that, right? Tell me, we got Mayor's Cup week one with a new head coach, Coach Scholar Fultz, taking over the program and week one at night. Whoa, it's going to be amazing. I believe they're playing at night. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I think it's a night game if I'm not mistaken because now Kings has lights that they play at night now. So, oh man, I'm pumped up for Kings College football this year, man. I, I, they have a lot of good kids on that team. You want to talk about the transfer portal? The transfer portal probably has impacted Division three football more than any division in college athletics just because now kids can go in there and get like this year that like, hey, I could actually play competitive football and actually good football and that's get transfer uh, to like a DU2 or, you know, a low D1 school. Like, it's huge. So, yeah, but to go back, Always rocking the King's College hat, man. Monarch till I die. Five seven zero till I die. Walk Filks. 
Yeah, I, I, you, I'm, I'm, Dan, I'm smiling that that you're bringing this up because I, I, I was gonna have this uh, to wait, wait till the end to bring this up, but so, I, I, but I do remember the the, the very first time I, I was in, in that in that broadcast booth uh, in McCarthy Stadium was actually the very first night game that so when you were a senior playing, we we called we called out your name a lot because 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 we brought it, they, they gave you the ball a lot. They with with, with all, yeah. all, all of that being said so i'm actually as happy I, bring career, I think i had a career night that night um i i do remember that yeah. i it's a, I, did did Vito call that game i i feel like Vito called that game Vito, shout out Vito, man Vito, if you're watching this you're the man i yeah he's a good dude yeah that's right Vito, what a good man john you know john is unbelievable what he does but john's knowledge and memory is unbelievable uh yeah I, I mean you probably know my stats from the night i honestly don't even remember it um i remember having one big block on a kickoff return and i think i had like four catches like yeah yeah i had a good day against moravian that night man that was a good that was a fun night we'll experiment yeah yeah but i i, I gotta tell you but but nothing stuff no king's football memory for me the top tops um the, the mayor's cup game i called my senior year i because i got to, uh, to that was my my last football game i called for the station it was yeah. a 40 45 nothing whooping and I, I nobody thought the game was going to be a blow up because wilkes had a really good quarterback at the time and and, and i couldn't couldn't be happier that 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 kings was that, that was that at wilkes or was that at kings it, it was at wilkes it, we had our it, we had our first Quiet. snow of the season that morning and right and and and, and all that so 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 as much yeah, as i don't i don't i don't miss like i live in la now man i do not miss those november like you know 14th saturday the wind swirling oh man i do not miss that at all my friend but some of the best memories of my life are at king's college so yeah, yeah oh, and, and and i i just looked at the schedule the, uh, the it is not a night game it is a 12 p.m game on on saturday um yeah Good the game, Good to know. It, yeah the game is at schmidt stadium so so they're doing the mayor's cup game oh. at, at wilkes for this for oh. two years in a row oh. but, but much oh. di much different environment uh weather-wise than, than than last year's but so by the uh, but uh, enough talk with that i really wanted to pick your brains uh today on uh, on on the college college football season and 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 i want to go right into the big 10 which is where you're at right now so so th th there are basically three elephants in a room of 14 with Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State, and I, I'm uh, I'm calling me obsessed with Michigan. Uh, Michigan was one of the four teams I had going to the college football playoff, and I I I'm higher on Penn State than most because I think Penn State has a really good defense, and 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 I've seen Penn State finishing higher in the standings over Ohio State as a trendy pick, and and I I've gone along with it because because I, I think that they have, they have outstanding depth on. Both sides of the football. Yeah. So, so what, what, what do you see with in terms of Penn State go, go, trying to uh, break the stranglehold that Ohio State and Michigan have had on the Big Ten East for, uh, for the for the better part of a decade? Yeah. So I'm going to go back to the first day of 2023 last year at the Rose Bowl. Uh, it was the first game I've ever seen Penn State play live. 
Uh, obviously, we both went to King's College together. A lot of kids, you know, hey, go out for the weekend, go to a Penn State game. I've never been to Beaver Stadium. I've never seen that environment. Um, I've heard, and obviously, there's so many Penn State fans in the state of Pennsylvania that you can't go anywhere without, you know. So uh, I go back to that game last year, and it was different. Okay, listen, those boys are big, especially up front on both offense and defensive uh, side of the ball, uh, uh, offense and uh, defensive line. They are big, and they can move people. They're playing against Utah, which is, you know, when you talk about the Pac-12, the crown jewel of the Pac-12 when it comes to offense and defensive line. You got some big-ass Samoans who come in from the islands and come out to Utah to play, and those are NFL-sized men, right? And they're 18 years old. Penn State had no problem moving them around. I mean, going into that game, I'm like, Utah's going to take care of them. Like, they have no idea what Utah's like. Obviously, a couple injuries that happened to Utah. Um, and, you know, that's still actually impact this year, which is crazy. Um, Cam Ward, uh, uh, Cam Rising looking like he's not going to play against Florida tomorrow night on Thursday against, uh, I, I guess it's the week one opener for Utah, which sucks because I love Cam Rising. He's become a friend. He's a good guy. Uh, and it really hurts. But anyway, going back to that game, I had no clue what the fan base was really like. Like, you know, most people know about the we are Penn State, but they don't realize they follow up with thank you. And it got stuck in my brain for like two weeks. Penn State is really good. They have a really they're returning a bunch of guys. Right. You, you got a new quarterback. Um but mostly on defense, like from a few guys who got drafted or got transfers, like it's pretty much the same defense. My issue is this. You could win a lot of the big games at the beginning of the year. Maybe get lucky in the middle of the season with some, you know, ranked teams and you're moving up and you're sitting around 11 or sitting around 10 in the country. But what happens when you get to the Michigan game? What happens when you get to the Ohio State game? That's really what James Franklin needs to go into 2023 thinking I was like hey we can handle all that type of stuff but what's going to happen when we get to the games that that matter the most right when I look at both rosters or uh, uh, Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan I still lean Ohio State I still lean Michigan when it comes to Penn State I just don't think they have that it factor they don't have that confidence going into the game being like this is the year we're doing it like we got this no i i still lean to them but anything could happen right it, it, the first couple of weeks of the season are so important to every single team in the country especially penn state um because you got to get that confidence builder and you got to go into those weeks where we're halfway through the season where it's like okay boom we need to win this game like if 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 i'm the the ad of penn state this year and they don't win at least one of those. It's time for James to go. Like I don't, I, I'm never one of the guys to be like, "Hey, calling for people's jobs." But at the end of the day, like, what's it for? Like, what? Where are we trying to go? We should be at the national championship. We should be in the college football playoff. And obviously, next year when we expand, right, we should have a spot at that. And. 2023 if you don't get that done here you got to change some stuff up because the whole world of college football is changing next year right where you're going to have to now fly out from penn state right which is not an easy place to fly out of right so what's going to happen people don't even realize this too there's not a direct flight from from state college to los angeles you know that right so what they're going to have to wow. do is either take a bus they're going to take a bus down to philadelphia or a bus down to wilkes-barre 
take a charter flight from Wilkes-Barre to Philadelphia and then fly out of Philadelphia to L.A. or to Oregon or to Washington. That's tough. That's really, really, really tough. And I don't think the Pac-12 gets enough credit for having the athletes that we do have out West. You know, we kind of get slept on when it comes to big men. Um, but really, when I when I when I think about Penn State in 2023, it's it's a prep year for what's to come in 2024. Uh, but again, I, I'm going to go back to my main point. I, I still like Michigan over them. I still like Ohio State, unfortunately, for the Nittany Lion fans who are in Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania. I love you. Yeah, yeah, I, I and and I think and I think Michigan could could be a good segue to, to this because look, M- Michigan has had national championship aspirations so re- really for a while. They 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 finally broke broke through against Ohio State two years ago, and thus the yeah. college football playoff and the last year and the year before. But but they they weren't able to get over the hump to get to the national championship game and. Look, I I feel that that the elements are there for Michigan. You, you know, the quarterback JJ McCarthy, who is a stud, Blake Corum, I think is is a gem. The offensive yep. line is flat out awesome. I think the defense is going going to be be excellent as well. Jim Harbaugh's three game suspension. I I really don't 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 think much of it because it's, I think the talent is too much to overcome, and they have the gift of the schedule. So so so, what is it going to take for Michigan this year uh, to to get over the hump? What they didn't have last year is it just a matter of of executing in in big time situations? John, I think it comes down to this: bygone divorcia. Uh, did you hear that by chance? But bygone divorcia, yes. Bygone divorcia, one of my favorite. Bygone divorcia, one of my favorite <laughs> drops that we've been playing on on Big Ten Radio. Um, okay, so going into the first three weeks of the season, if I, I'm not a betting man because it's illegal to bet in the state of California, and for my job, I'm not allowed to bet. But if I was, I would bet the spread for Michigan. They'll cover every single game. They are going to be extremely inspired. This situation you know say whatever you want about the ncaa whatever but this specific situation is kind of ridiculous like you're gonna tell a guy to sit out for doing stuff that coaches are currently doing right now at the ncaa and the ncaa is like you know they got spies everywhere right like this, this i bet you this is happening at florida right now or i'm just saying as example i don't know any inside stuff but like this this is happening at florida what he did this happens everywhere i bet you jim is doing stuff right now that is technically against the rules, right? Everyone's doing stuff against the rules. Like if you're not breaking the rules, you're not winning. Like, you know, I, one question when it always comes down to is like, does anyone ever investigate what the hell's going on in Alabama? Does anyone ever like, like let's really think about going on here. Like 80% of the public uh, tax funding goes to what? Uh, Alabama football. What, uh, how, why, what, what? Okay. People can't read in Alabama. But anyway, they're going to play inspired football all season long. I personally am going to go in with a hot take right here. I think this is Jim's last year at Michigan. I think he's just sick and tired of one dealing with college athletes, man. Like if you're a power five head coach, you're basically CEO of like 118 year olds. And that's a really tough job. Uh, obviously, from a football standpoint, he's done pretty well, right? Like last year, they should have beat TCU. And they were two or three plays away. And I was at the game. They were two or three plays away from just momentum builders, right? If you remember, they scored a touchdown 
and I think there was offensive pass interference or something along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. Two plays later, they're at the two. I, I forget what the penalty was, but they were basically at the two, and they got stopped, right? And that's a momentum builder that just kills you, dude. And they should have been in the national championship last year. It should have been a way better game, obviously, than <laughs> Georgia, which was one of the worst nights of my professional career. People don't realize how much it rained in L.A. that night. And SoFi Stadium is not built for rain, my friend. It's not. People think that it's actually covered. It's No, it's not. not covered. Uh, there are holes at the top of the roof that like let airflow in. Mm. And also like the stadium, if you look at it, it's built into the ground, right? So if you're going to the third floor or the third deck of the stadium, that's actually ground level. So wind was blowing in. It was a nightmare. I think if Michigan was in that game instead of TCU, they would have played way better just because they're used to the elements. Um, but yeah, I have Michigan winning big 10 this year. Uh, I think they're going to play extremely inspired football. I don't see them losing to Ohio State this year, especially with the situation going on a quarterback with Ohio State. Um, but we've seen this before with Ohio State, too, where it's like, who's this C.J. Stroud kid? He's from California. Like, who is he? And then he's amazing. Um, so don't count out Ohio State just yet. But, like, before the season, my first initial thoughts, it's like, yeah, of course you go with J.J. Of course you go with Corum. Of course you go with the offensive line. Of course you go with a few of those linebackers who are freaks of nature when it comes to just playing the linebacker at a power five position. They, you shouldn't look like that, but they are. Um, and I think when it comes down to me, when I pick teams, it's like, you know, of course I look at the rosters. Of course I look at what they did last year, but I really look at what's inspiring to them, right? And most of those kids, right, played in that 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 semi uh, playoff uh, college football semi playoff game last year, right? Um, and they remember losing and being like, "We should have won that game," right? Like I was uh, underneath, we were getting some press after the game. Uh, and we're like right outside both locker rooms and like, you know, sometimes when these kids lose, they don't really care. Like they're in Arizona right now. We're partying, chilling. Like, no, it was depressing. No, no, I've no music on, no, nothing. Like kids were crying going back to the bus, the, uh, the bus. So I think they're extremely inspired. This is only going to inspire them weeks one through three. And once he comes back, he's going to try to put up 50 points a game. Like, he's going to try to be like, guys, you're going to screw me over? You're going to do this to me? Watch what I'm going to do to you. He doesn't like to make friends. None of these guys are his friends. He's kind of a jerk. I love it. It's content for me. It's amazing. Um, and I think that's only going to translate to the football field for the team. Uh, but, yeah, it's it, listen, no matter what, man, you, you, you don't have your head coach the first three weeks. That's tough. That's really tough. You, can't, you as, a for, as a former football player, I remember looking at Nar. Being like, you know, this is the smartest guy in the field. And he knows everything. If Nar told me to shut the F up, guess what? I'm doing I'm shutting the F up. So, yeah, uh, it's a little tough. I think it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but nothing for me. For The biggest takeaway is they're just going to play inspired football. And, you know, if they don't get injured, right? Like, if Corum doesn't get injured, they win that game for me last year. Um, yeah, that was that was a gigantic deal. I remember that. Giant, giant loss. So, yeah, if they stay healthy, they're, I think, you know, they should have been ranked the top team in the country, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I I want to stick with a uh, stay in the Big Ten because it's I don't think it's just th those three teams that I think are going to be intriguing, but but th there are three teams in the Big Ten West that I find uh, that, that I find by myself interested in in seeing how how everything is going to go. Well, one is Iowa, ranked n number nineteen; Wisconsin, ranked number twenty five, and. And, and and the fight in Illinois of Illinois uh, Illinois and over my over the last two years of my podcast that I've been singing the praises of of Brett Bielema. I think he's an absolute gem of a coach. Yeah, he 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 gets his guys to overperform. His, his defense was awesome last year. The secondary was unbelievable. They had three picks in the in the first three rounds of the draft, including Devon Witherspoon, who went was drafted. By the Seattle Seahawks at five overall. So, 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 what? How was Brett Bielema able to change the culture at Illinois after after a decade of of turmoil there? Yeah, uh, we were talked about this on the show last week. You know, to me, Brett is just like a college football cockroach. You can't kill him. You can't. He's always somehow involved in the staff, and I think that comes down to his personality, right? Just like. Guys like to be around Coach Bielema. Um, you, you, the guy could probably come up to you and say, hey, run through that wall, and they'll do it. And that is such a under – like, you need to have that as a head coach where it's like, listen, I'm not your friend, but I'm your boy, and I'm going to get you to where you need to get to. Look look what I've done at Arkansas. Look at all these pros I have from Arkansas who you're like, where did he play Arkansas? Oh, yeah, he played for Brett. Uh, so – yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's it, it's going to take him a year to figure out some stuff. But if there's one guy who could do it, who has a I don't care attitude, it's him. Uh, but again, it, it's a it's a tough division, man. You know, you, you got to get lucky uh, and you got to get to the fourth quarter, at least down by two possessions. You got to. If you don't get to the fourth quarter and you're down 21 points, good luck. Because in the Big Ten, like they 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 step on the gas pedal in the fourth quarter. So if he could tell his team, hey guys, get to the fourth quarter, either we're up or we're just in within a touchdown, we could win this game. And you could truthfully believe it. They have more NFL talent on that roster who will be coming out next year who will be like, where did he play? Illinois. What? Like, there's a couple guys on that roster who are really, really good. So just get to that fourth quarter, be in a, a game, be, you know, down 10 points. If you're down plus 13, good luck. Um, but, yeah, there's one guy who could do it. I, I mean, ah, man, uh, when it breaks down to, like, actual, like, talent from, like, the receiver position or running back position, I don't know where they really stand in the in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, I guess, I guess you could say, like, plus seven, right, in the rankings. But – you know, they got some big old corn-fed, you know, farm boys who could push people around just like Penn State. So if you have an offensive line that can stay healthy, why not? That's that's pretty much every single team in the Big Ten except, you know, really Northwestern. Um, if you have an offensive line that is healthy, they're going to get better throughout the year, right? These are the smartest offensive linemen in the country who are constantly getting drafted in the top ten. So if you have one or two of them on your line, like you could do a lot of things with it and you could surprise some teams. Um, so I, I expect them to to get to a bowl game this year, right? I think I think that's the ceiling for them. Like get to a bowl game. Get it doesn't have to be a New Year's six bowl game. No, no, no. Just get to like, you know, the LA bowl. 
in, a, in Los Angeles or get to like the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Like just get to there so you can tell recruits next year, hey, this is what we've been doing. This is what we're going to do next year. And you can play here. You know, Ohio State ain't calling you. Michigan ain't calling you. But, you know, big old Brett is going to give you a call and we want you on our roster. So that's my ceiling for them. Get to just a bowl game and you don't have to win that bowl game. Just get to it. Just get to it and see what happens next year. So I, it's 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 not a rebuilding year for me for them. It's kind of like let's add on to what we did last year and let's just let's amplify it a little bit. Let me put my tweaks in and let's see what happens. But yeah, just get to that bowl game for Brett. So it's like in terms of a win loss record. So they they went eight and four during the regular year last year. So you're thinking as yeah. uh, same same number. Yeah. Yeah, eight and four is yeah. pretty pretty even to me. I mean, I, listen, those four losses, you know, we pretty much know who they're going to be against, right? Um, who was their who was their third loss to, or or their fourth loss to? Yeah, I because I, I remember I remember they had an inexplicable loss last year because yeah, I think they lost to Michigan State. Either, right? They lost to Michigan State Michigan last State. year. Okay, so so let's you know what let's give them this. Take away that Michigan State loss. Get nine and three. Get to nine and three. And you know, listen, I love Mel Tucker. Like I don't, I don't mean switch topics on you, but I love Mel Tucker. I covered Mel when he was with uh, the Colorado Buffaloes, and then just decided to leave in the middle of the night for the Michigan State job for a lot of money. I totally don't blame him, Melly Tucks, but you broke my heart, bro. Um, yeah. So beat that Michigan State. Right, get, get, beat the teams that you're supposed to beat in the Big Ten, and get a win over Michigan State. And yeah, you say you're improved, so that that's where I'm going with him for there. No doubt, gets nine and three. Yeah, so I, I definitely want uh, wanted to, to to discuss the Big Twelve and uh, the, the um not the Big Twelve, the Pac twelve. Uh, so uh, where where you, where you've been at, and I, I I'm obsessed. With, with Caleb Williams, because w- when I think of Caleb Williams, it's Paul Bunyan meets Patrick Mahomes, right? So he, he, he has that it factor that I, that I haven't seen from a quarterback in, in ages. So, so, so what, what's the secret sauce to, uh, to Caleb Williams being the, being m- maybe the most hype uh, quarter, quarterback prospect going into an NFL draft in, in years that in, 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 as far as I can recall. I think he has the best footwork for any position ever coming at the NFL to the NFL draft out of college. What I mean over receivers, over offensive linemen can move too. They have really good feet. Uh, over running backs, over tight ends. This this kid's feet are unbelievable. I'm just gonna go back in my brain. Right, the Notre Dame game last year. I know you're a Notre Dame fan. Um, there was one play where he ran 85 yards, and this was his Heisman moment, running kids around, right? Just like his vision is next level, but his footwork, if you're watching his feet, right, there are some times where his feet are at a 90-degree angle, and his body is on the other side, but he's already planning moves for, like, the next chess piece to move. The kid's feet's unbelievable. It's like we've never seen it before. So then you pair it with his football IQ, which is insane, uh, and his rocket arm, extremely accurate. There was a couple games last week. I was at the San Jose State game watching it. Um, a couple throws that he has where it's like, Caleb, why did you just throw an 85-mile-an-hour fastball when you just had a 
drop it off, right? So listen, again, he's a college athlete, right? They're not exactly perfect. Um, but from a prospect position, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Really nice guy, too. Like, you know, sometimes we meet some of these guys at Media Day and have them on our show, you know, a little like, you know, what's up, man? I don't really care. I'm just here because I'm told to be, you know, that good old Marshawn. No, Caleb, Caleb is a 35 year old college football quarterback, personality wise. Like, you know, he fully has embraced like the franchise quarterback personality. The good thing about Caleb and people don't realize this about Los Angeles, right? But Caleb Williams could walk around Los Angeles and I'm not kidding. No one would notice him. No one. Like he could go to a grocery store and if he had a hat on and just like a black shirt or whatever, like no one would notice him. And I think that's been really, really good for him, right? So if he was at like you know, Texas, or if he stayed at Oklahoma and won the Heisman, his name would be so much bigger than it is right now, but he's at one of the most relaxed cities in the country when it comes to college football where he could just be himself. And I think that's really, if you want to talk about secret sauce, that's really it that no one ever talks about. He, no, uh, John, I promise you, no one really cares that much here. You know, like, like, yes, USC fans do. Yes, UCLA fans do. But when it comes to Los Angeles, you know, the number one show is, are the Dodgers. The num- the second number one show, the second show, are the Lakers. And believe it or not, people don't believe me when I say this. But what do you think the number third, the, the, the third team in, is in L.A.? I mean, it it can't it can't be the Rams. It can't be the Chargers because uh, because Chargers just moved up. I don't know. I don't know what their fan base uh, is, but so but it, it, is it USC number three? LAFC. So, the, yeah, yeah, and and they and they just won the M- the MLS last year because that that crazy that crazy game that uh, that ended I, in penalty shootouts. So. People don't realize that in Los Angeles, soccer is huge, right? Uh, the the Mexico played Costa Rica a few weeks ago, right? And some cup, confederate, I forget what it's called. Uh, but SoFi Stadium was sold out. Like, that was one of the first actual sporting events that it was sold out. The national championship game was not sold out, right? Like, wow. games do not sell out. Uh, Charger games do not sell out. The Taylor Swift, that's a, that's a whole different <laughs> language. I have six, six shows. Six shows. I mean, yeah. unbelievable yeah. Okay, what, what she's been able to do. That's a whole other That's a whole other animal. But, yeah, man, we are crazy for soccer in Los Angeles. The Rams won the Super Bowl the year before, I believe. LAFC won. No one showed up to the LA Rams uh, Super Bowl parade. There were like 50 to 60... Maybe even seventy thousand people in the streets for the LAFC championship parade. It's insane here. So, again, going back to my main point, going to the secret sauce, Caleb Williams could be Caleb Williams himself and be a college athlete here and not a superstar, right? Like if again, if he was at his old school at Oklahoma or if he was at FSU or Miami, like that's all they care about, right? No, he could be himself here. He could go to class. He could be focused, and I've seen it. I've literally seen it. I, I've been to situations where, like, I, I, I'm with two USC football players, 
and no one comes up to them. So I think the secret sauce is just he could be himself here, and he could also, once he gets to the football field, focus on that. But then what, right when he's done, boom, he's just Caleb Williams again. He's just a, you know kind of a nobody because guess what? Uh, two celebrities are walking down the street, and people care about that more than they do college football. So Caleb Williams and his USC Trojans, and I, 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 I feel guilty about about di- discarding the, the uh, sometimes discarding the other Pac-12 teams because of the genius of Caleb Williams. But th- th- there are some stud teams out there in the Pac-12 this year, like Washington, Oregon, Utah team that beat. Uh, Southern Cal twice last year. So, what what is the single biggest competition for um for USC this year within the Pac-12? Yeah, uh, man, I I could answer this question so many different ways, but you know the the conference really is run by Utah. It, it, it always is what coach Kyle Winningham has done in the last, like, it seems like 5,000 years there as head coach or coordinator. It's incredible, right? Like if you ever go out to Salt Lake city, it is the size of it's half the size of Queens. Like it, it's tiny. Right. And how the amount of talent that that coach Winningham constantly brings in, it's unbelievable. Like he's made his bread and butter on like three stars who they bring into the program. And all of a sudden in a year, you're like, wait, how did that kid not get recruited by top guys in the league? It makes absolutely no sense or, or in, in college football. Um, So I would say initial thought Utah. Um, but listen, Oregon State's really good. Oregon State's the team that no one's talking about right now. They finished out the year really strong. And the initial thought about Oregon State is, well, they just need a quarterback. Well, guess what? They got themselves a quarterback. DJ Uyunglele is a beast. I met him. He's a massive man. And I think he needs a reset. I think he needs to be at a place where he could just focus on football. When he was at Clemson, he had the Dr. Pepper deal and you got the Dabo stuff that you got to deal with. And, you know, football in the South is a lot football, a lot different than football out West, especially a school like Oregon State. So I think it's a really good reset for him. Um, I, I, I would love to see that matchup. But really, when I also think about this, right? Like I said, I can answer this in so many different ways. Uh, Watch out for Washington this year. They have the second to Ohio State, the best wide receiver room in the country. Roma Dunze is a freak of nature who could pretty much beat every single cornerback in the Pac-12. Um, I, I'm going to be really interested to see what he does against Michigan State in a few weeks. Um, and the guy, the guy. Why I'm telling you, put put some money on him to be at the Heisman next year because this guy's that good if he stays healthy. Michael Penix Jr. Michael Penix Jr. Man, I've seen him play twice live, and guy, the guy does throw it. He's that classic, you know, like mid two thousands pocket quarterback who's a big dude who could kind of move a little bit. He, he reminds me a lot of Donovan McNabb, like shifty, um, makes really good decisions, but has a rocket arm you're like how did he just throw the ball that way like what like what was that michael but then 
again, I have another quarterback, Bo Nix. Bo Nix is extremely athletic. He's a gamer, hates losing. And you're now in the second year offense. Obviously, you lose Kenny Dillingham to Arizona State. You have a new coordinator, but it's pretty much the same offense, right? Um, and you know they're they're putting a lot of money. Oregon is into his Heisman uh, push, right? He has the big billboard in New York City right now, bodacious. Um, and they're thinking he's going to be there, and I think he can too. I, I'm going to say this right now on what's the 30th of August. Yes, we're recording this the uh, the evening of August thirtieth. Okay, there will be three Pac twelve quarterbacks at the Heisman Trophy award next year, and it's gonna be Bo Nix, it's gonna be Caleb Williams, and it's gonna be Michael Penix Jr. Listen, you could do a couple other things here, but I'm gonna give you one more name, one more name that no one's really talking about yet, but he gives me Caleb vibes. That's DJ Moore at UCLA. He was a five-star recruit, I believe out of uh, California somewhere, I think Northern California, committed to Oregon originally, switched last second, went down to hang out with my boy Chip Kelly at UCLA. And this kid has star quality, star quality. I think this is a year where he's going to learn the power five speed of the game, but if he has a couple chances, man, you, you don't get too many quarterbacks like that ever at a school like UCLA, right? Dorian Thompson Robinson was great, but I don't think anyone really expected him to be like what he turned out to be. Uh, DJ Moore, man, uh, yeah, I believe I'm saying uh, Dante Moore, Dante Moore. God, I'm sorry, Dante Moore, Dante Moore, not DJ Moore, Dante Moore. Watch out for this kid. I'll never make that mistake ever again. Because 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 guess what? He's that good. Where you're like, what did you just call me? DJ? No, I'm Dante Moore. Dante Moore. So my predictions just, you know, going back up to what we originally thought. Yeah, uh, it's the conference of quarterbacks. Sadly, in the last year of the league, most likely. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it just is what it is. It's the business of college football. But yeah, uh, yeah Caleb Williams, I, I, I don't know if he's going to win it again. Just this the way that people vote they don't really want to have someone go back to back they won't do it even if i think he has an outstanding year i don't think he wins it um but yeah conference of quarterbacks man i was it's unbelievable some of these arms yeah and it's going to be unbelievable us uh, seeing caleb williams probably taking first overall it's uh, it's going to be interesting in how he how he handles thing uh things so in, in the draft process i i can't wait for that but uh, I, I want to hit you on a couple of more things, um, but before I let you go, and and I I have I have a hunch that that my my personal pick for the game of the week, the game I'm looking What's forward. What's the hunch? What's the hunch? That the, the game I'm looking forward to the most uh this weekend is LSU and Florida State uh, meeting up on Sunday night on on national television on ABC and. And and look, I, I I can't stress enough how much I love Florida State this year. I I love the I, I love the uh the offense. I think Jordan Travis is incredible. I think Jared Verse is the best is the best um uh, defensive line, one of the best defensive linemen in, in in all of college, and and he might be the first defensive player taken in, in next year's draft. So so uh, so so how how if if you if you were allowed to handicap LSU and Florida State, how how would you go about this? Is is this uh, a, a year of improvement for LSU or 
to or is this Florida State's time to shine? And and the reason why I think that is because I feel that the loser of this game is is not going to make the college football playoff because it, because you, you're going to have to uh, win win everything else, including your conference championship game, which I don't think is 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 going to going to happen, especially if it's LSU. You know, having having to having to play Georgia in the SEC championship game again, that's going to be bad. But LSU, Florida State, uh, it, 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 is that the game of the week or do you think it's something else? Yeah, I, I think it's probably the game of the week when it just comes to uh, like matchups on paper, right? You got two really great quarterbacks. Uh, and also, let's just throw this out there, too. If JD, if Daniels did not transfer, guess where he would have been playing at this year? Arizona State. So just wow. imagine like the Pac-12 having all these quarterbacks that we have now and then you add one more in because he was at he was at he was uh herm herm edwards quarterback for a couple years i saw him in his first game good kid too i like him a lot i i think it was a good move for him to go to lsu obviously with everything going on with arizona state in the last week or so um <laughs> so yeah I, I i lean towards lsu because i've seen daniels play in person and I've seen what he can do at that next level, right? That SEC next level, because there's a massive difference between the Pac-12 and the SEC when it comes to defenses alone. I went into the season last year being like, bro, good luck. You're not that good. And he proved me completely wrong, completely wrong. Kelly's done an unbelievable job down there. Obviously, the fake accent. That we all heard. About. <laughs> uh, I was that, like, that, 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 and I can't get enough of the commentary on that. <laughs> but listen, I, these coaches, anything that they could do to get an edge in recruiting, they will do it. It's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so I lean towards LSU in this game. And I'm going to go back on a statement that you just said. I still think if, if LSU does win and FSU does lose, I think FSU can go undefeated from that moment, right? I think they could run through the ACC. I, I'm not afraid of Miami. Not at all. Uh, Clemson is not going to be the same Clemson that they've had. Who, who, who they got? Boston College. Okay, they they could beat Boston College. So I don't think it's necessarily like, hey, you know, you lose this game, you're done for the playoff. Now I think crazier things have happened. I'm going to predict something even too. I don't think we're going to have an undefeated team this year uh, in college football. I think the rosters because of the transfer portal. Uh, so many teams that we're not even thinking about right now got so much better, and we just don't know their names right now. Um, and that's the beauty of the transfer portal, right? Where you could you can now be a lower level school and be just as good as the other these other ones. I mean, the biggest experiment that we're going to see is with Coach Prime in Colorado. Uh, personally, I don't think it's going to work out at all. Um, I don't think his son is that good uh Shador Sanders uh, I, I he has a good arm but you played against like essentially division three kids <laughs> like if I'm being real the swack say whatever you want about it. okay yeah we, uh, we got some athletes down in the south but they're not that big you know like the the average offensive lineman in the swack is like six two three hundred you know now you're playing against guys who want to take your head off and Colorado's offensive line is absolutely terrible dog trash like terrible they they had a terrible situation happen this week with a player who needed immediate eligibility the ncaa denied it that's a whole different story um so going back to our main point yeah i i think lsu wins this game here but the game of the week for me is utah florida 
Uh, there's a, so many storylines going into this game. Is Cam Rising going to play? You know, last year, Utah should have won that game in the swamp. Um, and this game's tomorrow night on a Thursday. I love it. I love Thursday night college football. It's my favorite. I also am a huge fan of the Mac on Tuesdays, by the way. Um, but yeah, this is the game of the week for me. Just one, because I have a rooting interest in Utah. I love everyone in Utah. Good people, good coaches, uh, great players. They take care of you when you go there, man. Like, it's amazing. So I have a rooting interest for Utah. Uh, and I would love to see a Pac-12 team beat an SEC team this this week. So, um, yeah, that that that's the game to me. There, I think they match up really, really well on paper. And basically, Utah can't lose this game. They can't lose this game at all. They need it for morale. They need it to get ahead of you know USC and like such a confidence builder situation. But again, the question is: Is Cam Rising going to play or not? It's looking like he's not going to play. I saw him at Pac-12 Media Day uh, a couple weeks ago. And we had a pickleball court set up, right? It was like an activity that we had, like right before the guys came on, loosened them up a little bit. Uh, Cam was playing, and all of a sudden you just hear, Cam, come here. What are you doing? Get off. Coach Winningham's like, put the pickleball paddle down right now. <laughs> you are not allowed to do that. But I saw him with my own eyes. He can move. He's moving around. But... Yeah, it's not the end-all be-all if they do lose this game just because the Pac-12 beats everyone up, you know. It's the conference of cannibalism to me uh, because so many teams are just constantly taking them down over and over and over. But, yeah, this LSU game is going to be unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, I got LSU winning. Yeah, it's, and 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 I and I'm very happy that that you're you're bringing up Utah and Florida because I remember last year there there was there was some dude that I'd never heard of before named Anthony Richardson who, com- yeah. who completely uh overwhelmed everybody and and I'm happy that he he got the the the, the looks that that he got in the draft process who's now oh, yeah. and, and it's now the week one starter for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I want to hit you on one final thing and. I was I watched the first half of the Notre Dame Navy game on on Saturday a Saturday before I had things to do with the family and I I, I couldn't stop smiling no, no, watching Sam Harmon just completely t- tear apart that defense. Now it, it's Navy, like let's make it crystal clear, it's Navy. But but Sam Harmon I think is an absolute stud. He, he was incredible with Wake Wake Forest throughout his collegiate career. So, so is it is it can what can Sam Hartman do with with Notre Dame? Because this my take on Notre Dame is I I think they miss out on the playoff because I think they're they're gonna trip up somewhere um once or twice because I think they have they have a tough schedule with Ohio State, USC, and Clemson and all on their schedule. The Clemson game is on the road, but. So, but what what can Sam Hartman do to uh, to, uh, to to benefit the team this year? Uh, it, it's incredible. Remember uh, earlier in the uh, the podcast, I said that Caleb Williams is a thirty five year old uh, college quarterback. Sam Hartman legitimately looks like he's thirty five years old. <laughs> I know, I, right? I've never seen a twenty four year old in my life being like he looks older than me, and I just turned thirty this year, John. Shh, don't tell me I just turned 30 this year. It, it hurts. Trust me. Um, but yeah, Sam Hartman is a beast, a complete beast. Again, let's let's calm it down a little bit because it's Navy. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm doing football. that too. 
but listen, no, no disrespect to the midshipmen. Like they got some dudes over there, right? Every once in a while, you'll see a couple guys get drafted where they can, you know, take a take off. You know, you don't have to do their military service and stuff like that. Like, you know, they got some guys over there. Um, but again, like let's be honest, let's be real. You know, the hype was surrounding <laughs> uh, Notre Dame. You're playing in Ireland, duh. Like it's gonna be amped. You're not losing that game. Um. But, you know, uh, we still got to see him go against, you know, real power five competition. What he he didn't get touched all day. OK, like he had he had an Irish hour to throw that ball. OK, like y- you don't it's hard to compare. But, yeah, if I'm a uh, Notre Dame fan, yeah, of course, I'm pumped up. Of course, I'm excited. Like, yeah, let's see what happens when he gets to when he gets to, uh, to South Bend. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Do I see them going to the playoff this year? No, I don't. Um. I don't think Ohio State or I don't think Notre Dame gets to a playoff ever again, especially with the new format next year, unless they join the Big Ten. You got to join the Big Ten to get in. Uh, yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah. You could stay in the ACC and kind of go from there. But mm, mm, those voters, right? I don't I don't know how much they side with it, especially with so many West Coast voters now. There's going to be so many more West Coast voters now, too, because Oregon, Washington, Ohio, uh, USC, and UCLA are going to be covered way differently than they ever have in the past, right? So we're going to have actually real reporters out here with actually real big votes and real big influence uh, in the top 25 who are going to be out West. And I think if I was Notre Dame, I would be like, hey, let's just try to get into the Big Ten, right? Because you have built-in rivals out here. You got USC. That's already there. Uh, Stanford obviously is not. But, you know, you could recreate a new rivalry with UCLA. Like, you can do this in modern realignment. So, no, I don't see them going to the playoff this year. Um, And But but when it comes down to Hartman, I think he'll probably be the third or fourth, probably third quarterback drafted in 2024. Yeah, I, I, and I and I think uh, I think he can show that he has I think what what what, he, what he's looking for to in the leader. But, but I, I I so so we're basically sharing a brain with uh, with um with Notre Dame not being a a, a playoff team this year. And, and and also speaking of rivalries, they they, they can renew their rivalry with Michigan. It, it was it was a big thing back in the day, and I think they they, they can renew that. So um Ohio State, I, yep. I'd lo- I'd love to see Notre Dame and Penn State go head to head from a, from a personal standpoint because 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 if if I had like a if I had like a um uh, an, an FBS rooting interest, Notre Dame's number one, and I think Penn State's number two, and I I don't know many people that have Notre Dame and Penn State as as their as their two favorite teams, but I'm 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 on that boat, but believe it or not. Man, there's only one John Flynn in the world, so it, it makes complete sense to me, brother. It only makes one complete sense to yeah. me, man. But that's why I love you. Yes, yeah, and and I and that that's where and that's where th- things go, can go can go haywire, especially with me. Listen, Dan, I, I I'm I had so much fun uh ch- chatting out college football with you. I I'm so pumped. For, for week one of the college football season, all, all starting th- Thursday night, which which when this is published, it'll be tonight. I I cannot uh, wait and and thank you so very much for for n- for knocking in the other uh, big stories in in college football this year with the Big Ten and the Pac twelve. Uh, D- Dan Lynch is the head producer 
of a big Big Ten today. Uh, you you can listen on channel three seventy two on Sirius Eastern twelve to three uh twelve to three Pacific. Uh, it it is a show with a with a lot of, with a lot of of different different opinions and takes. De- definitely take a listen on it if you if you're subscribed to Sirius XM like I am. De- definitely to take take a look. Out, out there as well if you if you happen to be on the old phone and on the old app so th- th- thank you so very much i hope to talk to you again real soon john i am so proud of you man i am so proud of you like literally bro you are the embodiment of what we want to do at king's college with with students and you know man you're a lifelong friend and uh, let's just say i'm hooked on sports and i'm also hooked on john <laughs> Yes, th- th- thank you so very much. So, uh, so we'll 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 chat again someday, Dan. You got it, bud. Yeah, you you, you know that that was an incredible spot with Dan. But, but not, not I I want to tell you this before before I wrap, uh, wrap up here. So the the so so you know how uh, how with Zoom you you have all the different plans and. And and the and the forty minute plan and, and which is like the basic plan and and and, and, and like the, the plans where you have to pay a certain fee per month as like a subscription. Well, I I was only planning on on having Dan on for about thirty minutes. So uh, but 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 I was he was still uh, in in his answer about about Illinois and and Bill uh, about Illinois. And and there were and the and the alerts that came and the, and there were ten minutes left. So 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 I, so I texted Dan during uh during uh, when he gave his Caleb Williams answer and, and I and I said I was gonna have gonna have to send him a new link and 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 um and do it. Dan Lynch is is such a talented human being, and I and I remember the and I remember if if you heard in the interview the very first time I, I I I talk I talk with Dan and and I knew he was the real deal and and I'm so happy for for him that 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 he uh, get gets to cover the Big Ten especially uh, with, with with all the changes for the good that are going to be coming for the Big Ten with. So with with some uh, incredible programs, and and it's, and it's not 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 just with football as well. You you think about track and field. I know so that they uh, that they had the the world track and field championships in Eugene, Oregon last year. As, as so so that that tells you something about something, right? So 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 if and if you are a Big Ten fan, uh, you you have to be over the moon about about what you're seeing in in terms of the progress made. I I think it's gonna be, uh, gonna be incredible. Now, one 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 thing I I, I one conference I intentionally left out. What what was the SCC? Because because um I because I have a uh, is that not the SCC? Because we talked about LSU and Georgia, but even the Big Twelve is is gonna is gonna have some fascinating teams this year. So 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 if you're a fan a fan of of the Big Twelve, the SCC, and and even Arizona is going to the Big Twelve next year, and and I can't I can't get enough of it. So, so I, I, I'm, uh, so this, this is unbelie- unbelievable, uh, and, and, and I, I think we, this was the, this, this to me, in my opinion, was the interview, so that that made me em- begin to embrace the realignment of college football, and, and uh, as we know it, and, and I think you're gonna have some, uh, s- some fascinating, uh, uh, 
fascinating ma- mashups uh, and matchups. Uh, actually, two words: mashups and matchups are uh, both both the same thing with with these di- with these different division with these different conferences. Uh, the, the the conferences going are going away with divisions, which I which I think is the right thing and the only thing, especially if you're at the ACC, if you're a fan of the Big Ten, if you have seen the Big Ten East destroy the Big Ten West in the um, in, in their championship games every year. I I I think it's going to be incredible stuff. So, th- th- this is the, uh, the we are going back to two episodes of Hooked on Sports a week starting next week on Monday. We are I'm going to publish my 2023 NFL predictions, but episode special. That that's one of my favorite every year. I I, I get to hammer out everything from the from playoff teams to standings to my Super Bowl winner, to my awards winners. I, I'm all fired up with that. And then Wednesday, we, we start breaking down the um, uh, each week of the National Football League, g- giving my week one NFL picks against the spread. It is good, it's, it, we're, we're, we're now in, uh, we're in full football mode uh, f- from here on out. So until then, this is John Flynn saying so long to, uh, to everybody, and I'll be back here on the podcast on Monday. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend, everybody, and I'll talk to you on Monday.